Welcome back, ladies and gents, to Every Given Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I'm Joe Jennings. I'm here with my co-host, Michael Tilley. Um, Brandon Hayward cannot be with us today. He has some um, family duties to attend to. Uh, so how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm terrific. I'm on a three-game winning streak in all three of my leagues. Finding my way back to the top where I belong. 2-0 and against both the guys on the podcast. And I am 0-2. Living, living large right now. I lost so in another week, and me and Brandon playing two leagues together. Me and Tilly and Brandon only playing one, all three of us. I lost to Brandon last week, or not last, the week two weeks ago. I was up by 35. Mark Andrews scored 36. Great. Then I lose to Brandon yesterday by 0. 0.8. 0.8. So I'm 0 2 against Brandon the last two weeks because of one less than one. I lost to Brandon two weeks in a row by less than two points. Hey, so that sums me up, right? Uh, but hey, I'm, I'm one spot behind Tilly. Brand is two, I'm three. Or Brand is two, Tilly's four, I'm five. So, we're all pretty close. Podcast EGS looking good, at least. Taking them half of the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I know I haven't been here. Um, I just had some stuff to attend to. So, the guys have kind of been keeping you guys, you know, intact with good episode and good info. But now that I'm back, um, we're going to go ahead and do our normal Tuesday stuff. We're going to get right into injuries and news. And let's start off with the first thing. Um, the game is Thursday. That will be the Packers playing – I don't want to say that wrong. Cardinals. Packers playing the Cardinals. And I'm this is a game probably the whole NFL is looking forward to. Um, so yeah. So Adam Devontae Adams got COVID yesterday or was putting a COVID example list. And now today we find out Alan Lazard has COVID. So yeah. Um, I'm not gonna pause, I'm not gonna make any big hesitation. I don't I don't know what to tell anybody who has Devontae Adams. Because Alan Lazard would have been my pivot. Alan's art clearly would have been my pivot. So I'm assuming you have to go Randall Cobb actually might be worth it. And we'll get to that a little later. Um, I would go MVS. I'll be okay. Martin Marquez uh, Valdez Gantling. I'll be, I would just be, who I, that'll be my guy. Um, I'll yeah, know your guy is. MVS. He's been on that. He was on the IR, but he, this is the week that he's eligible to return. So you won't really know until Thursday, probably if he's going to play or not. So your choice is a Randall Cobb or Amari Rogers. There you go. Those those are your two choices. You really don't have much to say after that. Um, this is a huge killer to anybody who has Devontae Adams because he was he your probably first round the, pick. Huh? He was probably your first round pick. I'm about to say that. He probably is your best player or your second best player. One or the other. He's not not your third or fourth best player unless your team is just you so happen to got blessed with whatever you drafted. Um, but that's a tough week. Like I said, Lazar definitely would have been my pivot. Um, I was actually thinking about picking up Lazar and saying, eh, maybe, maybe I might start him. I don't think I would have, but maybe. Yeah, so keep an eye on that. If you do own Devontae Adams, uh, what's the word on who's playing and who isn't? Uh, yeah, that sucks, but they play on Thursday. Maybe if they played on Sunday, he might have had a chance. Probably not still, but Thursday made it definitely he's not going to play. Um, Nick Chubb is back at practice this week, so that is a good sign for Chubb owners. I don't know exactly what is the extent of him playing this week or if they do play him, how much are they going to play him? Um, they say he's expected to return to the game Sunday, though. So if you have Chubb, you have no choice. Start him. Um, he's your top two pick, wherever you got him. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming Kareem Hunt. That's not well. Kareem Hunt's on IR, so Nick Chubb had the whole backfield to himself and Dearness Johnson. So there you go. You can. Still if you fly. have Dearness Johnson, do you still play him? Yeah, I think you can still. I mean, he showed last week that he deserves a role in the offense, especially if Kareem Hunt's hurt. So I, 
with, you know, there's more buys this week. Um, people that have Josh Jacobs that might be having to play him in the flex. They're on a buy. Um, you can play him, I think, in the flex. I don't see any reason not. Yeah, my thing is, just make this kind of quick. My thing is, I'm not saying they're going to get a complete Kareem Hunt role, but Kareem Hunt was still getting around 10 carries a game. So, I don't think that's too far off to ask for DeAndre Johnson because I don't think Nick Chubb is 100%, but maybe he is and maybe he isn't. But on to another piece of news, Jerry Judy is expected to play this week. Um, yeah, we'll see. They play Washington, who's number 31 against receiver, 31st. Sorry for saying that the wrong way. So it's a great matchup to return against. I guess I could say that. It's a great matchup to go up against. Um, maybe it would be a good week for him back. We only got to see Jerry Judy week one. And, I mean, in that game alone, he has seven targets, six receptions, 72 yards, so. Half one PPR, he gave you about 10.2, or he gave 10.2, so you can't really be mad. And Jerry Drew is one of our breakout guys for the podcast. Um, we all really like him a lot. So um, are you starting Jerry Judy's first week back? No. Depending on my lineup, I would, but I think it really depends on your lineup. Maybe last week with all the, with the ton of buys, but this week there's probably a better option, just my opinion. I know it's first week back, but are you going to find that many better matchups? Heard the play? Washington, the number thirty-one out of thirty-two against receiver. Like, yeah, but second I'm, worst in the league. Yeah, but you're. I'm. Ta- I'm still taking the Washington defense ranking with a grain of salt because of how good they were last year and how good they should be. Um, I know, but we're in week eight, so like, at what point do you look at the defense and kind of like? I get it's. I get a seventeen game instead of sixteen, so this would be the halfway point last year. But it's pretty much the halfway point of the season. Like this week is pretty much the halfway point. So. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just not as. You know, as threatened, we thought that the run game for the Broncos was going to be a lot more efficient than it has been this year. So if Jerry Judy comes back, you're almost like you want Tay Bridgewater to throw the ball, but you want him to throw it to other people. Because if you watched the game last week on Thursday, it was ugly. I mean, that game was horrendous. I know Tay Bridgewater is hurt, but you saw them throwing the ball. I mean, Tim Patrick was notable for, I think, three catches and Noah Fant for a couple and then they had, uh, the, the touchdown was to Javante Williams out of the backfield um, on, like, a little screen. So, I would – I still would be hesitant because, you know, the Washington defense, they might not be good, but I'm confident that they could shut down. Jerry Judy's their best offense player, in my opinion, when he's healthy. And I'm confident they could probably shut him down. That's just me, though. Yeah, I definitely agree. Just because I always said that. I said I think Jerry Judy's a great player, but the Broncos actually have a lot of players they like targeting. Like, Colin Sutton is obviously a first-round pick. Like, he's a real guy. Or second-round pick, sorry. Um, Jay Judy, first-round pick. Noah Fant, they said they already love. They, like, want to get him involved anytime they can. Tim Patrick. Um, Tim, pa- Tim Patrick is the one annoying. I could I could deal with the Titan and other receiver. I could deal with that. Both see, the running see, backs. See, but that's the line between fantasy football and real-life football. I'm not saying Tim uh, Patrick is not a good fantasy player. He's an all-right fantasy player. I mean – like I said, granted, Jay Judy has been hurt, so take this with a grain of salt, but in five out of seven games, he's had 11 or more. So it's not like you can't say he's not like a thing. He's a thing. I so, I mean, so, I mean, even when Jay Judy gets back, he's at least going to get four or five targets. So that kind of makes it tough. But the biggest piece of news, I guess, to most of us is that Deshaun Watson uh, trade reports are reportedly heating up. So... Watson could be traded as in within the next couple of days, within the next week. That's what, that's what people are anticipating. Um, I've heard the Dolphins are 
pressing the hardest for him right now. So yeah, there's there's four major spots that we've heard. Um, two of them actually kind of new to him, kind of or actually one of them kind of new through mold. Obviously Miami, we've been here in Denver, we've been here in Philly, but the one that popped in the scenario this week was actually Carolina. Um, their quarterback play has been horrendous. And I'm just curious, which which offense would you like to see him in the most? Now, two of the past two weeks have showed you don't need to train me. He's been really efficient. I know they lost last week, but that's the defense's fault, honestly. Um, so what offense do you think? Obviously, the Panthers probably benefit from the most, but from a fantasy perspective, which offense do you think would benefit from the most? Like the, like the actual players around him? Yeah. I'll say Denver. I'll go ahead and say Denver. I wanted to say it's between Denver and Carolina. Um, I just don't think Philly can really benefit. The players around him can benefit but so much when Hurts has been honestly one of the best quarterbacks in all of fantasy. So I don't know he's how been, much. He's been a horrible real-life quarterback. I'm about to say, like, real life has not been great. And that's why I said – that's what I mean. That's the difference. That's why you can't take fantasy football and translate it to real-life football because Hurts has never scored below 20 or 21 this year. That's yeah. an insane. That's an insane number to say you've never scored below twenty, and we're and we're halfway through the season as a quarterback. So like I'm saying, Denver because Teddy Bridgewater eleva- will elevate Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams to a whole other level because of the fact that when he is playing, he's one of the what you think top. Before when he when he was the starter in Houston, when he he's had, a clear top five when quarterback. He, when he had DeAndre Hopkins, he was a clear top five quarterback. And I see if he has Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, I see no reason why he couldn't be a top five quarterback. And having to respect him in the passing game is just going to make Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams that much better. Yeah. Um, from a real life perspective, I think the Broncos are probably a quarterback away from being a legit playoff team. Um, but I think the Panthers could go to a whole nother level. Like, I don't think the Broncos could go to a whole nother level if they didn't have – they had Watson. I think the Panthers would go to a whole nother level if they have – like, Robbie's still good. I get, like, you'd probably rather have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. But Robbie's still pretty good. Terrace Marshall's still pretty good. Okay, and let's not include that. Whatever your list is, everybody's different. You may have the best running back in the entire NFL, whatever, you know, your person, whatever you go by. What makes somebody the best running back in the field? I think he's. I think Chris Carr is the best running back in the field. But if you think it's Derrick Henry or Alvin Kamara, whoever, then it's cool of you. Um, but yeah, so hopefully keep an eye on that. Um, I wouldn't pick him up exactly right now, just because even if he does get traded, we still we have heard nothing about the case. Um, I'm not going to go in particulars about that for obvious reasons, but um, yeah, we haven't heard anything. So take that with a grain of salt if you are going to pick up Watson. But now that we're done with news and notes, that'll be all for us today on that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hit into our players of the week. Um, um, Tilly, yeah, you can start off. Go ahead with your player of the week. I'll go ahead. This one, I think, pretty sure he finished running back one on the week. Uh, it's Alvin Kamara. Um, the game was horrible. I turned it off because it was just. Bro, we got to like the third quarter. I just actually stopped The watching. Saints, the Seahawks. You see Russell Wilson's the reason why Pete Carroll's still employed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the stat line last night for Kamara – he got 20 carries. He wasn't. He had 51 yards, which obviously isn't efficient. But where he really earned his money was where you've been expecting him to earn it, and that's in the receiving game. Um, after the bye week, you know, I was anticipating for them to go heavily on Kamara as they should have the whole season, but they haven't yet. 
until now. He had 10 receptions for 128 and touchdown, um, 29 fantasy points and half-point PPR. Uh, that's back-to-back weeks over 25 fantasy points, and that is four out of six weeks they've played this year with 20-plus carries. Uh, if you're um, a Camaro owner, this is the reason you drafted him. And, you know, I don't – I know they play Tampa Bay next week, but Khalil Herbert finished with, I think, 14 or 15 points against them last week. And if they're targeting him 11 times in a close game, I'm ready to see what happens when the game's ugly against a much better Tampa Bay team and see how many targets he really has because it could be upwards of 15, I think. I mean, for me, basically, I don't think it'll get to 15. Um, But what I am a believer in is that the increase in carries has decreased targets. They feel like they don't want to drive them into the ground is what I want to say. Um, but I'm okay. I've always said it doesn't matter how Kamara gets touches. As long as Kamara gets me – Kamara is a 20-touch player, like at the minimum. should be touching – unless you're just blowing the team out and you don't have to give him the ball, he should be touching the ball 20 times every single game. There should not be a game where the man does not touch the ball 20 times. I don't care how it happens. Now, the reason I, I prefer Kamara – I'm always begging for Kamara to get more carries because – I know some people say smaller backs like him, Austin Eckler, can they really handle 20 carries? Yes, some of them can blatantly handle 20 carries. It's not It's not like it's putting a stress on his body to handle 20 carries or anything. But you have to realize if he goes from – usually what – you want to say usually averaging about like what, 14 carries before this year pretty much, um, so around 14. I want to say before this year probably had – it, it, it wasn't averaging 15, 16 carries a game. Yeah, last year he had – I mean, 12, 13, 19, 14, 12, 11, 13, 11. Yeah, so I'm saying it's all around the 13 range for the most part. So the fact that he's getting seven more carries, you have to anticipate he's going to lose about three or four catches every game. Um, I would rather them split that up a little more, like 15 carries a game and add like three or four more back then getting like six, seven catches a game. Um, I think he's way – I just think he gets more big plays and more explosive if he catches the ball rather than him having to hit a hole. Um, but, yeah. So um, we will not have any Brandis, any of Brandon's selections this week. Um, it just be me and Telly today. So my player of the week, and sadly, I really didn't want to say this because he's playing my Ravens, but Jamar Chase is my player of the week. Um, there's no way for me to sugarcoat it. He filed embarrassed us. Um, he made us look pitiful. Marlon Humphrey is the one of the top five best corners in the league to most people, and he actually just – toy with Marlon Humphrey all day. I'm like, so I want to say that I'm just, he just made Marlon Humphrey look bad. Jamar Chase is now the wide receiver too in fantasy football. We're halfway through the season. He's a wide receiver too. And I feel so bad because I said I, I said I wasn't going to draft him. I, feel so I was about bad. to say, we were we were pretty – we were I wouldn't say we were really low on him. It was just the – is T. Higgins or – we knew he was going to be involved, but is it possible for them to recreate what they had at LSU? And the answer is unanimously Yes. It's it's insane. I mean, 201 and a touchdown. Week five, 159 and a touchdown. Week one, 101 and a touchdown. Like I, I said, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Say. I don't know what else to say about Jamar Chase, other than Jamar Chase is on track on pace for 1,800 yards. That actually is freaky. He's on pace for 1,800 yards. And unless unless I'm tripping, are you willing to sell high on him for someone? What if someone said straight up, "I'll give you 
one of these premier running backs. I'll give you Zeke for Jamar Chase straight up. I hate I hate because when you guys listen to our show, I'm sure you feel like we always say, well, it depends on your team. But yes, a lot of these are team dependent questions. Like they are not. If if everything was in a perfect world, no, why would I trade for a top notch receiver when I have a top notch running back? But what I will say is that for him to be number two receiver in all of fantasy football, you probably didn't have to drive Jamar Chase to the earliest fifth, sixth, seventh round, somewhere around there. Like I'm like I said, the guy's on pace for 1,800 yards and 19 touchdowns. That's humanly just different. That's just different. Like, like I said, against a pretty good Ravens, we're number eight against receiver. I mean, he had eight, eight catches, two on one in the touchdown on us. Granted, one of those plays was, you know, a crazy, I'm not going to say lucky, you know, a crazy spinoff where a crazy play happened and he broke for like more yards than I think he really should have. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it is what it is. But Jamar Chase has been an absolute stud. Um, if you have him, I don't care. So far, he looked like he's matchup proof. So, so um, yeah, like Tilly said, the connection's still there. So, Start Jamar Chase if you have him. But yeah, that's my player of the week. Um, Honorable mention to uh, CJ Uzama for scoring two touchdowns this week. Yeah, he is well. They just tortured us all day, him and Jamar Chase. I don't know. See, I guess CJ Uzama really is becoming a thing, honestly. Um, he is a little bit more touchdown dependent, but it's okay. Sometimes tight ends kind of just what you got to go through. Um, so now we're going to go ahead and get into our overperformers of the week. And my overperformer of the week is Mike Evans. Um, I'm not here to come down on Mike Evans or anything. I think he's a great receiver. Just don't like the crowded room. I think he's a great NFL receiver, though. But, I mean, he has had three games of 20. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that he put up 28.6 in a half-point PPR league is three touchdowns, bro. Three. Like, this is insane. I say he couldn't. I didn't say he couldn't repeat. I just didn't think he would. He has seven touchdowns in seven weeks. They may not have been every single week, but he has seven touchdowns in seven weeks. He's on pace for 17 touchdowns. Like, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's good to see Tom Brady's targeting him, but I just don't see him getting three touchdowns. Like, Didn't AB have three touchdowns a couple weeks ago, or did he have two? I think he had two. And that's what I'm saying. But if you, Okay, if you look at Mike Evans' 20-point games, the games where he scored 20 or more, he scored two touchdowns, two touchdowns, three touchdowns. It's just like if he only scores one touchdown, it's like you're not going to be disappointed in that week, but he's only going to end up giving you like 13 or 14 compared to him giving you 22. Yeah. Um, I've We said it. I said it all preseason personally. I was really – I wasn't against Mike Evans or any of these receivers. I was just against the – I mean, it's literally we, – we talk about running back by committee. It's wide receiver by committee. I mean – Chris Godwin has not yet had his two touchdown game. It's coming. I'm just getting Gronk's coming back. Uh, it's not sustainable, you know, to be honest. And that's why I said it's tough. Through, through the first eight weeks of the season, or seven weeks, going into week eight. And AB didn't even play last week. They have three receivers in the top 20. You can't you can't sit any of them, though. That's the thing. You can't. So if you have them, yeah, you have to start them. I'm sorry for sit. what happened. But, yeah, you have to start each one unless your options are absolutely ridiculous unless your options are absolutely ridiculous you have no choice but to start each one of them if you, you start every single person in the offense you start brady you start lenny you start all three wide receivers you start gronk like i would say ab is the only one that you can question around and not have to start because of where you were able to draft him like the other two you have to start most likely but is ab's AB, is ab's floor lower than godwin's though i mean we were looking we were looking at it godwin has only had two bad games 
I'm saying all the other games, other than the two bad games, he put up 19, 14, 10 and a half, and 21, and 16. What were, what were his bad games? Seven and seven. Well, like, they were terrible. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like – so if you really – I'm saying if you actually look at it, it's like – okay, A.B. A.B. Okay, I'm sorry. A.B. really hasn't had a bad game other than one game. I mean, he's played in every game except – Two of those. So out of the five, one, two, three, four. Out of the five games he's played, he's had 21, 2, 10, 29, 20. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you are right. I guess none of the fours are terrible. Mike Evans has the worst four. There you go. That's the answer to that question. Who was your overperformer, bud? Uh, so mine – now, this is going to sound because he weird because he didn't have, a like, amazing fantasy day. He's an overperformer because he scored 12 points and half PPR – with this stat line, four carries for 14 yards, three receptions for 25, and a touchdown. And that is going to be Devontae Freeman. Um, snap percentage split, 40% him, 30 Tyson, 30 Love Bell. I mean, I know that someone picked him up and you have to play him this week, but I'm saying he's an overperformer because I don't think he should be played again unless you are hurting at the position Um, because next week it could be left Bell's goal line. Um, If you look at week six, the snap percentage was Latavius Murray, 38, left Bell, 32, Devontae Freeman, 30. And so Le'Veon Bell outsnapped him last the week before. Uh, So it really is going to be just, I mean, Latavius Murray, when he comes back, it's a headache. The Ravens running backs, I don't think any of them are worth even, I mean, you can roster him, but Latavius Murray is going to be the starter when he comes back. Yeah, that was my problem. Is that it's been pretty clear. It's been pretty clear cut that when he's healthy and the games have been going on, he gets everybody will get there. Everybody's gonna get a goal line gear. I'm not saying that, but if we had to pick one guy to give it to, it would definitely be Murray all the time. So yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say. I, I don't know how he got other than a touchdown. Touchdown save. You started Freeman. Congrats. You got saved by a touchdown. If you didn't, then congrats for not starting him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's our underperformer. Yeah, why, yeah, why don't you keep us going? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about this. The guy himself. I never thought I would. I never thought I would hear this on the underperformer list. Kansas City is Patrick Mahomes with a abysmal game. The Five hundred million dollar man. Uh, seven point seven fantasy points. Two hundred six passing yards. An interception. Quarterback rating of sixty two. Mike White or Matt White or whatever his name probably had a higher quarterback percentage this week than Patrick Mahomes did. It has looked kind of shaky. Uh, I mean, obviously he gave you the thirty-one, the two thirty-point games, but he's having issues taking care of the ball. Um, the Chiefs are not good this year. I'm going to say it. Their defense is bad. They don't. I don't think they have an identity. Is their problem? Um, they're too the reliant thing. on the passing game. It's I to tell you, the same thing that the same thing that's that's worked for them is not working. Like, see, and they see, have the no problem. pivot. They have no pivot. If you think about it, the Bucks, the Bucks can throw the ball, but their pivot is Leonard Fournette, and look what he's doing. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It's like, but on a side note, I do think Fournette was actually better than people give him credit for. It's only 26. And it's like. Fournette looks better than a lot of running backs that I've seen 
Oh, yeah, some of that is I want some of that, that rest system. of the season. Some of that is the system, but for not actually just no, actually looking at him as a football, as a football, as a football, football player I've watched this year, like way better, honestly. Um, but honestly, Mahomes, I wouldn't be worried too much. I mean, yeah. I'm saying before that game, 37, 26, 22, 31, 19, 25, you have nothing to be worried about. Like the only thing you're worried about is the ball security. No, yeah, that's that's honestly, but the fact that he leads the league in interceptions, he's still number six at QB. He still would have been number one if he had a good week. He still would have been number one quarterback if he or number one or two if he'd had a good week. Like my problem was it was Tennessee. That's the third easiest matchup on his entire schedule. He's not gonna play anybody easier unless something dramatically changes. He's not gonna play anybody dramatically easier in Tennessee. Listen, yeah, I don't have a word. I, I will give him this. That Tennessee defense looked a lot better than they have. That was the best they played all year. Not close. That was the best they played all year. So, I mean, like I said, I will take it with a grain of salt. Don't worry about it too much. You got Patrick Mahomes, you start him every week. But definitely was underperformer of the week, the fact he gave you seven against a team that's bottom five in the league against quarterback. That's that's the part that really that, that really bothers me. Um, but, yeah, my underperformer of the week was Mr. Mike Davis. I don't know um, where we are with Mike Davis. Um, I'm a Cordero Patterson owner. I'll tell you in a minute. I'll tell you in a minute where I am with him. He's the RB 40 at this point, a half PPR. And Carolina is number one in the entire league against running back. That's his matchup this week. He put up one point against the team that's bottom five against running back. One point. So, um, Mike Davis sucks. Um, I, I don't know what else to tell you. He sucks, in, at least in this system, because he looked great in Carolina's system. He sucks for the Falcons. Um, Cordero Patterson is now RB1 and wide receiver two. So, yeah, I don't so know what to tell you. If you have Mike Davis, I'm really sorry. I really hope you don't have to start. I really hope you found something. We're just getting the droppable guys while we're here. <laughs> I mean, that's my last. Unless you got something to say, we can go right into it. You got something to say about Mike? You know what? Carry it on over. Now we're going to get into our droppable guys. And the reason we just uh, transitioned so fast is um, Tilly, this take is, it away. This is my droppable guy. Um, he's horrible. He's looked horrible in the offense. Um, he is not performing what you thought he would. A lot of people drafted him to be an RB2 this year based on what he did at Carolina. Um, and he is not doing that. The snap percentage this week. Cordero Patterson played 73% of offensive snaps. It's This is the first week he's out-snapped Mike Davis. And this is coming after their bye, which should tell you one thing and one thing only, and that is that the Mike Davis experiment is over and that it is Cordero till they can't anymore because he's getting old and his legs fall off. Um, I mean, I have – Literally, we've said it all. There's nothing else to say about it. You can drop him. Yeah, at this point in the season, he's not – he shouldn't be in your lineup unless you have – let's see. Unless you have McCaffrey and um, – let's see. Who else Who else is hurt? Um, Chubb. Unless you have somehow McCaffrey and Chubb on the same team. Or you have McCaffrey. And, I mean, literally, if you have no running backs, I'm playing the backup for some teams before I play Mike Davis, to be completely honest with you. Yes, I will play That's Devontae awesome. Freeman before him. Oh, Lord. I'll play Tony Pollard, any of those guys, any valuable backup. I'd play Jamal Williams. I'd play Javante Williams. I'd play Melvin Gordon. I'd play Michael Carter. I mean, I'd play 
I mean, it just it's bad. You don't want to play him. A plethora of guys. Literally. Um. Yeah, I don't have much to say about Mike Davis. Um. Yeah, he's it's just not going in the right direction. All Cordero Patterson has done is look better every single week. Like the guy is not. Like I I don't know what else to say. When in terms of when you're looking at the snap percentage and splits between Cordero and him, Mike Davis is the RB forty. Cordero's the RB nine. I Cordero has not had a bad week yet. His first week was seven point seven. He has had no bad like. Think about think about that. That's Chris Godwin's two bad weeks for seven point seven. And I'm saying after that, I don't know how many weeks it's gonna take for people to believe it at this point. He scored 21, 13, 32, 15, 13. You're this is a guy you got for free. Knows. You're starting until free. No, literally. This is a, because you don't even have to worry about the matchup. You can say, okay, well, they play hard against running back. Okay, well, he's a receiver. He catches the ball, too. So it's not like I have to feel like I'm only – I don't know what I'm looking for. I just don't have to feel like – go ahead. He played 73% of snaps. Mike Davis played 60. Doesn't make any logical sense until you realize, oh, wait, Cordero lines up at receiver half the time too the problem that's not the only thing though like last week mike davis had four carries cordell had 14 he out carried him by 10 plus touches like and on top of that and you know what makes it worse cordell still put up 13 this was his lowest reception total of the year like i don't know what else to say to people cordell only had two catches for one yard he had two for one and he still put up 13 so i guess i just like the upside of that but my droppable guy is Marquez Callaway. I know some people were waiting for that to, you know, kind of show itself or, you know. Now, what I will say is he had a decent three-week stretch, weeks three through five. He had 12, then he had eight and a half, then he had 22 and a half. But for the most part, it's just not there, man. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not really getting it because he, he should be the guy. But I can, but with Kamar getting so many more carries, I can tell what type of offense they're trying to run. They're trying to not make Jameis have to throw 30 times a game if they don't have to. Um, He was a great player in preseason going into the season. You're like, well, maybe I could use him the first half of the season because Mike Williams won't be – I mean, Mike Thomas won't be back. But they say he's not trying to be back for another couple of weeks anyway. But I just don't see the point valuing any Saints receiver. And if it is one, he would be the one. I just don't see it. I mean, other than the one really, really good week last week before the bye week, week five, I'm sorry, against Washington. He's rostered. This is NFL fantasy. I'm only going by the app I'm on. He's rostered in 64.2% of the leagues. I just don't get why he's rostered in almost 65% of the leagues. I don't get it. Like, there's another guy you really could just take a flyer. Like, I'd rather have Tim Patrick. Like, honestly, there are guys you could just take a flyer chance on. So, um. Unless you have something to say about Marquez, that's all I have to say. I don't know if you have anything to say. That's all I got. You figured it out. Yeah. Uh, So now we're going to go ahead and get into our last portion of our show, guys. And that will be our waiver wire of the week pickups. So go ahead with yours. Let me sense the game is you got, you picked the early game. Well, mine is one receiver from the Green Bay Packers. I don't, it's just whichever one you prefer. Um, it's either going to be Randall Cobb or MVS. If MVS isn't active, then you're playing Randall Cobb. He played 63% of snaps last week. Uh, when MVS was healthy, he played 63, 66, and 63. So who are you picking up between those two if they're both healthy? What are my options again? Say one more time. Randall Cobb, um, MVS, I guess, Equiminius, St. Brown. That's all. 
I'm only going Randall Cobb because he's been he's played every game to this point. So they all have chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, even with Valdez Scantling being hurt. He's always been more of their deep threat and they're a big play guy. Um, yeah, I would take Randall Cobb just through sorry, just due to the facts that due to the fact, <laughs> Jesus, that he has the most re- uh, rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wanted him back this year. Um, it'd be weird, but Aaron Rodgers will be – I mean, Randall Cobb will be the wide receiver one going into Thursday. Like, it's honestly what's going to happen. So, I'll take Randall Cobb. I guess, I guess if you have to, then I'll yeah, give me Randall Cobb. Yeah. And then other person to mention, Kenneth Gainwell. Um, Kyle Sanders isn't going to play. They have a favorable matchup. He's the, He scored a receiving touchdown last week. He's their pass catcher, and he's going to have an increased role in the run game. So – those are my guys that I'm thinking. Um, yeah. So my waiver wire pickup of the week will be Mr. Christian Kirk of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I get here and there they may be better options you have, but hey, listen, buddy, I have one people wires here with 21. I'm not saying a single bird to start this man all year. I I don't know what else to say. He has had some bad weeks which weren't terrible he's only had one terrible week which was week four against the Rams where he had one other than that his worst games were eight flat and then seven and a half but in four out of the seven games I mean he's put up 13 or more he's at 13 16 14 21 and a half so it's like you can look at the target you look at whatever you want the point is so far he's been predict most weeks that you started him you were okay you were okay with that so he's only rostered in 53 and a half percent how is Marquez Callaway rostered in 65% of leagues, and Christian Kirk is only rostered in 53% of leagues. We're eight weeks in at this point. I don't, I don't get it. Like, you can't just keep going by Marquez Callaway is the only option for the Saints. Like, you can say Christian Kirk may be the third or fourth option, whatever option he is. He's the second highest rate option on the Cardinals offense. He's ranked number 21. So, yeah. It was just I had, that I'll be interested in picking up. I had him in my line, or I had him on my roster a couple weeks ago before the Damon Williams pickup. But, yeah. So an interesting uh, stat is D-Hop hasn't got over 90 yards this year receiving in a game. Um, yeah. So that uh, that should tell you that there's a lot of options. And with a high-powered offense like this, um, especially going down the stretch, they have to play the Rams again. Um, I'm not going to sit here and act like the 49ers are good, but they're not a pushover. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think that he's a, he's someone that should be rostered and in a pinch, or if he just keeps doing well, you can play him. Like I said, NFL fantasy app, how is he only rostered in 53% of leagues? He's a top 24 receiver. Like, I just don't get this. Like, is it the name or whatever? Because if it was somebody else and you saw your rank wide receiver 21, you would be immediately on your waiver wire picking him up. So I'm, I'm just not understanding how he's only rostered in half of the leagues in NFL fantasy app. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, that's all we have for you guys today. Um, I feel good to be back, uh, even though it was just me and Tilly to me and my best friend today. Just us two. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Brandon should be back for our next episode or whatever. Um, yeah, like I said, it just felt good to be back, you know, talking with the guys again. But those are uh, Tuesday recaps as always, you know, injury news, overperformers, underperformers, waiver wires, droppable guys. Um, we're getting close to 100 followers on Instagram. Um, if you guys could help get us there. Uh, I think we're at 94, 95. And you can follow us on all social media at Podcast EGS. Um, I'll try to start doing better with Twitter, with communicating uh, with certain people, you know, just uh, relaying messages to you guys and stuff like that on the timeline. And, yeah, like I said, all support is always appreciated and stuff like that. 
Um, you got anything, Tilly, or are you good? I don't. At this point, you got to go one and zero in all your leagues every week. So yeah, take it a week at a time. Even if you're one and four, one and five, just take it a week at a time. It'll be all right. Just it'll be all right. Just take it one week at a time. You'd be surprised. Like in our league, where we have five guys have the same record. No, seven. Seven guys have the same record out of a ten man league. That means one win could shift somebody all the way to the top two seeds. One win could shift somebody all the way to top two. So I mean, like I said, take it one week by week, guys. Um, Appreciate you listening as always. Share, follow, any support is appreciated. And uh, see you beautiful folks next time.